as we find our seats. My name is John Ray. We're really glad you're here this morning to be with us. And how about one more round of applause for all the teachers and the kids. I don't know how many Christmas pageants have a raccoon, a tiger, and a chicken in them, but this one was awesome. And that took a lot of hard work. You guys who are parents, y'all know that there was a lot of work that went into that. We're really glad you're here this morning. And as we all stay here, and as we all gather to consider the passage of this two days before celebrating Christmas, I want to ask you, and kids, you too, have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like things were unfair in your life? Have you ever fail, felt like other people got things or got away with things that you don't? And this is not something you just feel as a kid. This is not something you just feel when you're, you're two or you're ten, but you feel it when you're 20, 40, even older. This is a feeling that is all, that all of us experience as human beings, of feeling alone, feeling being treated unfairly, being treated, being feeling like we're left out. I'm here to tell you this morning that even though we all feel that way, there is good news. There is something that has happened that God has not left us alone with these feelings of abandonment, of isolation, of unfairness. That God has not forsaken us and left us in that place. You know, here we've lit the Advent candles these past few weeks for hope, for peace, for joy, and this morning we light it for love. Because as we look at the text this morning, we're going to consider the depth and height, the width and magnitude of God's love for us as expressed in God coming to us, to be with us, and not just in a singular event, but forever. So pray with me as we look at the text this morning. God, you are so good. You have gathered all of us here together to sing your songs, to hear your word, to be with each other as you are with us. We love you, Jesus. Your birth is worth celebrating with our first and our best and our most. And we are so grateful that you have not left us alone, that you have not forsaken us, and that you see who we are, where we are, and what's happening with us. And we pray that we would experience that afresh this morning through your word and through this worship. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
You know, it's kind of crazy really to think about that God would come to us and share in all of our emotions, that God would feel afraid, that God would feel alone, that God would understand what it's like to be treated unjustly. But that is the testimony of the word as we look through it, is that in every single way that we have been afflicted or tempted or treated, God has shared in that. And we see that as it starts here in the text this morning. Matthew puts it this way. He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. While his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to disgrace her. He intended to divorce her privately. When he had contemplated this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. He took his wife, but he did not have marital relations with her until she gave birth to a son, whom he named Jesus. There are all kinds of stories, all kinds of legends throughout different mythologies and different religions that talk about God's coming down and interacting with humans. None talk about it in the way that the Christian text does. None talk about it in a way that is so intimate. None talk about it in a way that is so vulnerable. And none talk about it in a way that is so redemptive as do the Gospels. See, our God is not like other gods. Our God is not capricious. Our God is not standoffish. Our God is not here just to merely extract things from us. But our God comes with us to share with us all of our experience. And that in itself is powerful. Just the fact that God chooses to show up and to share in our situation is phenomenally powerful in itself. You see, in a way, this Emmanuel, this naming of Jesus as Emmanuel is a way of God saying, me too. That God understands, that God shares, that God has experienced what we've experienced. And again, that alone would be significant. But there is even more than that. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We see that first in this idea that God comes with us, that Emmanuel is with us. Is the idea, what happens from that, the result of that, is that we are then free to live for the needs of others. When we understand that God has met us where we are, who we are, that God understands everything and has provided for everything we need, then we are free to live for others. We are free to give without fear. We are free to serve without having to wonder whether we're going to get credit for it or not. 
Everything that we have has been provided. I'm reminded of a time we, when Jane and I were early in our missionary career, and we took our daughter Hope, and she was the same as these little angels and tigers that were up here this morning. And we were working with an organization in Belarus that was giving away Christmas presents to children in hospitals who had been affected by Chernobyl. Sick children in the former Soviet Union who didn't have much. But Hope was only three, right? And so we took her to the place where they were putting together the presents, wrapping them. Now, can you imagine what happens when a three-year-old goes into a warehouse full of toys? Anybody? Eyes got big. Stood there looking around. And of course, like any three-year-old would naturally do, she went to take one to start to play with it. But, but these toys weren't for her. They were for the other kids. And now a three-year-old has a hard time understanding that. Three-year-old has a hard time understanding why you're taking them into a room full of toys and telling them they can't play with them. But what she didn't know is that there wasn't a toy in there that wasn't available to her. That as her parents, we had already provided First, back at home, a room full of toys that she already had that she wasn't thinking about that time, but also the desire that, hey, if there is something in here that she really wants, that she really needs, we have the ability to get that for her. There wasn't a toy in that room that we weren't willing to provide for her. It's the same with us, y'all. Oftentimes we're like that. We look around and we think about what other people are getting. We think about, or we see the resources and we think, I want, I need, I got to have that. Not understanding that God has already provided everything that we need. Not remembering that through Jesus, everything that we could possibly need. Scripture is clear on this. Everything that we, ha- that we need for life and for godliness has been provided Through our knowledge of Jesus Christ in him, all the promises of God are yes and amen. There is nothing that we lack. So we can then in turn see the things that are available and joyfully, freely, and without fear share them with other people. That's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is that we need to understand that this This coming into space and time of Jesus Christ is not just a one-time event. Yes, it's unique, but it is something to be experienced every day. Now listen, we all need seasonality. We can't live Christmas 365. Parents, can I get an amen? (laughs) We need seasonality. Yes. (laughs) We need that downtime. We need the seasons. We need the cycles. But that doesn't mean that Christ is not always with us. Just because we take a certain time of the year and celebrate it doesn't mean that Jesus goes away the rest of the year. This experience of the presence of God among us is something that started in a unique way 2,000 years ago but is available every day now. And the last thing we see of this is that God with us is the ultimate expression of love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this in his book, The Cost of Discipleship. 
He said, above all, it is grace because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. I would also say it is the love of God. The candle we lit this morning, the love candle. We see it so clearly demonstrated in Emmanuel. So clearly demonstrated in the reality of God with us. This week, as we reflect on that, as we celebrate Christmas, and as we remember and sing the words, look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. We need to remember that Emmanuel is, in effect, God erupting into our world in a way previously unknown, Longed for, prophesied about, prayed of, dreamed of, yes, but unknown until then. But we know it now. It is God saying in a very real and tangible way, me too. But like I said earlier, this isn't the end of the story. Because God doesn't just come to us to identify with our situation, to be empathetic, which is tremendous enough in its own right. But God also comes to do something about it. Jesus is unique, and he comes to do something about our situation. And that is what we ultimately celebrate. We're going to tell the rest of that story tomorrow night at our Christmas Eve service. But know that God comes to be with us, but he doesn't just leave us here. Ask the worship team to come on back up. As we transition now into our time of communion, offering, reflection, and worship, those of you who are visitors today, we're really glad you're here. Our communion table is open to everyone following Jesus, everyone who is looking to the Lord as their sufficiency, as their salvation. Communion today takes on an extra layer of importance because we see Jesus was announced by the angel, this is Emmanuel, God with us. On that last night, that Jesus with his disciples, when he took the bread and took the wine, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of what? That I am with you. Communion is the tangible reminder of Jesus' presence with us, in us, working through us. Take communion today with Emmanuel with the praise of Emmanuel on your lips as you experience the tangible presence of God there. In this communion, we proclaim the mystery of Christ, born Christ, crucified, Christ risen, Christ coming again. We also take an offering during this time. Feel free to share, feel free not to. It's, it's fine. We do it as an act of worship because it recognizes that no one here is without something to give and no one here is without a need. So we share as part of our worship. It's an act of humility, generosity with that. We also take time to reflect on the words because just hearing them is not enough. We need to meditate on them. We need to consider them. We need to chew on them to make them our own. And then finally, we worship because that is the right and good response to the good news is to worship and thank God. We are so glad every one of you is with us. Y'all, 
this is special. This is special. Thank you for sharing it with us. Hey! 
together as a church, and let's, uh, let's celebrate this truth, and let's proclaim with all of our hearts and with all of our voices.
for us. One, the GSG has a photo booth that they put together in front of the church. Kind of can't miss it because it's blocking the doors, just so you know. We want you to take advantage of this. Could be your next year's Christmas photo, just saying. And we have two really good photographers, Lindsay and Darrell. So take advantage of him because he's extremely good at what he does. Second announcement, candlelight Christmas Eve service tomorrow night, 6 p.m. It's always always a beautiful thing to be part of. So Grace Church, as we celebrate this season of Advent, carry with you the invitation to be welcomed, welcoming. May the rain that falls on us be our baptism, and may the salt of our tears be our strength. May we welcome our joys and struggles as we walk our holy and sacred path in the light of love, and may we find presence and stillness and the rest to simply be. May we recognize the image we reflect and trust in its beauty and goodness to show beauty and goodness to our community. May we bask and breathe in the goodness of God, the kindness of Jesus, and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in grace and love and joy, everything. Amen. 